Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Man, I'm, I am completely in awe of what God did this last week in our church. I'm telling you, what God did is, is uncanny. And how many people felt like they actually got like a personal thing this weekend, whether it was Sunday at conference, how many people actually got a word from God, whether it was through the speaker, but God actually put something in you, has promised you this week, has promised you something and you're believing for it. Come on, put your hand high in the air, I wanna see. A lot of people, a lot of people. If you didn't get that this weekend, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off this uh, altar here and pray for people. If you want a word, I wanna, I wanna release prophecies. But I want to I wanna give a, um, a foundational word here. We're heading into our new series. I've been excited about this series all year. When I saw it on our calendar, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun series. We're heading into our Holy Spirit series. And I love me some Holy Ghost. I did the Christian thing without really acknowledging him or knowing him. The crazy thing is just because of who God is and his goodness, even when I didn't really know how to operate in him, the Holy Spirit, because I love Jesus, would still visit me. But I was so thankful when I stepped into a church body, into, a, into a, uh, an atmosphere where not only was the Holy Spirit, in a lot of cases in other churches, he might be tolerated, but he was pursued, he was accepted, he was invited. And and as we go into this conference, we're going to have some wild, wild. I'm just encouraging you, don't miss a Wednesday. Don't miss a Sunday. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And here's what I've learned about the Holy Spirit. He's a bit of a show off. When you talk about him, he actually likes to do a thing. When, when, when you talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he, he likes to come and actually say, well, let me just, let me show you. I remember the first time I got laid out in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit started moving through the church we were in, and I was super skeptical. Because I was like, one thing I noticed when the Holy Spirit showed up is a lot of religious goody-two-shoes left and a lot of broken people started rushing to the church. And I was complaining to Jesus about that, and then he caught me. He's like, do you hear the words? It's like, I, I was like, no, come back. Because I literally I said, my God, I'm mad. Because like, some of those like, people that look at hell together, they left because they thought some of this stuff was weird when people were falling. And then look at all these like, messed up, broken people. And he's like... Like, I literally saw Jesus' face just like, you got to read your Bible, son. Like, like, who was I known for? Who was I notorious for being around? I was notorious around. And then, I, and then he also showed me, he's like, yeah, and you're still here. What does that say about you? Like, I'm broken. I'm busted up. I need Jesus. We need Jesus. Jesus draws the broken because he's the answer. He's the fix. So we just came off this conference. And... Uh, I don't know if you guys have my title. Do you guys have my title, my message? Hey, there it is. And I want to lay a foundation here for what do we do post-conference? Yeah. Because I've met Christians, and I kind of, for a season, was one, where I was so stoked on the Holy Spirit, I became a conference junkie. Right. I became like the guy who was just like, oh, this speaker's going here, and there, and there, and there, you know, and I was jumping all around because I kind of thought life was living off that high. Pastor Colin did a great message at a conference about that. I was chasing an experience and not realizing that 
the advocate, the Holy Spirit, wanted to experience me every single day. But there's this post-conference thing, and it's a real thing. It happens to pastors, it happens to team, and honestly, it'll happen in the church, where you'll, ha- you'll go to conference. You'll, you laid out some time, you, you, know, you paid some money to actually go, and you experience the power of God. And then you'll hit, you can hit this wall the week after conference, the week after a great experience, we call it the, the conference blues, or the conference hangover, where you're like, man, I just wish I could be back in that presence and, and I want to speak to that and how, what do we do post-conference? What do we do post, and this isn't just conference, what do you do post-miracle? What do you do post-breakthrough? Some of you, you're new to this church and you're just like drinking from a fire hose. You're like, ah, like every week I'm, like, my, I'm getting, I, my paradigms are being shifted. What do I do? What do I do? I just, I just got healed. I got a prophetic word that's, that's big and scary and I don't understand how to do it. What do I do? We lean into the advocate. John 14, 16 says this. This is when Jesus said in his last words to his disciples. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He later then explains him as the counselor. The, the, he's, he is Jesus, and Jesus actually says, it's better that I leave because you're around the Holy Spirit because I'm here and the Holy Spirit's in me, but when I leave, you're gonna get it not around you, you'll get it in you. You'll get it in you. Make no doubt about it, the Holy Spirit isn't the third stepchild, you know, the weird stepchild from the Trinity. He's not the, uh, he, he, is, he is God incarnate. He is a person. He can, he can be grieved. He can be excited. He can, be, he can be stirred up in your world, but he is, he is the Christian's advocate. And how many people could use an advocate? Honestly, how many people right now like, like could just use an advocate? You got, you got ever, I don't know if you've ever been at work. I remember when, when I, uh, back in my corporate latter days, uh, I, was right, I was going up, uh, not later days, ladder, corporate ladder days. <laughs> And I was, ra- I was going up the corporate ladder, and I was in that, that, that rat race. And I remember I had a boss who just, who loved me. Like, I mean, I, I, everything I did, he was just championing me and, and supported me and building me, and build me up. And he's all, I knew he was always talking good to me, to the executives. And, uh, you know, and he knew I was work hard for him. And then I remember we did a little switcheroo, and I got a brand new boss. And that brand new boss was the same position at me a week before he got promoted. And there was a, maybe a little bit going into that of, I would call it maybe competitiveness or jealousy, whatever it was. We had broke some records, we had done some things. And I remember feeling that shift and just feeling like completely isolated, not having an advocate anymore, not having somebody who, my work ethic didn't change, I was still doing the things I did. But I remember just feeling that, that tension. Anybody ever been there where you feel like the person that seems to have the keys to where you're trying to get is not for you? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is for you. He is always for you. He, he is your advocate. So we have this advancing advocate. So how do we advance with an advocate? Because I'm telling you right now, the enemy does not like it that you took ground this week that you had an encounter this week, that you've been getting, a, you got a prophetic word at uh, men's prayer. He doesn't like it when ground is being taken in your world. He has very strong inventory of, of you, and I don't like to give him a lot of time or credit 
but I do want to make sure we're well equipped to know how to deal with after a breakthrough, how do we continue? Because conference is always meant to be a time when our church levels up, but then we don't go back, right? We, 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 we didn't have haze and lights, now we have haze and lights, and we're not gonna go back to not having haze and lights, okay? Little bit delayed, we don't have AC, but we're gonna have AC back in Jesus' name. We're not going back to this in Jesus' name. There's a dude in the guy, or a dude in the guy, a dude in the Bible, a dude in the Bible named Elijah. Elijah was awesome. Elijah had his conference moment. And I, I, wanna, I wanna go into his life because this is where the Holy Spirit took me and to avoid the enemy taking a foothold in your world, we find Elijah, you guys have probably all heard this story. I've preached on this story many times. It's one of my favorite stories. But Elijah has just took out all of the prophets of Baal and literally turned a nation back to God in one day. Like it's one of the most radical moves of God. Fire fell from heaven, consumed the offering. And, and then he prophesied the droughts over and, and a, the, it starts to rain again. I mean, the guy is on a winning streak. He, he, he just got done with Revive Conference. He's like, I am in a good place. But then all it took was one little threat from Jezebel. One little threat from Jezebel. And we find our hero that has just seen God move mightily in his life. Got you. Is that better? Cool. All right. Uh, that's just moved mightily in his life. Look at the state we find him in in 1 Kings 19. Verse 3. Verse 3, guys, if you have that. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life and went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Next one. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. One chapter. Hero of a nation, suicidal. Wow. If you've ever felt like, man, maybe I just wish I, I feel like I have bad mood swings. This guy can be your champion, okay? This guy can give you hope. He's literally just done. He prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He goes into a tailspin. And can I tell you, the enemy would love nothing more than for you after post-conference to go into a tailspin. That's, that, that, and how does he do it? How does he do it? Uh, I was, I, I'm gonna transition to a New Testament now. And there's this passage of scripture where Paul gets a little bit Elijah-ish. He gets a little bit harsh on himself and I love it. He just gets real and raw in this letter. He's talking about battling with the flesh and sin. And uh, look how he's, he ends chapter seven. Thank God for chapter eight. But chapter seven here of Romans, last two verses, 24, 25. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Like, like, and, like, and he goes on before this. He repeats himself a lot, actually. I would have edited it a little better but I think he was just in a raw moment. He just said, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I, I do want to do are the things I don't want to do, I do. 
And he says that a couple times. And he's talking about this battle that he's engaged with, with the flesh and with the law of God. Right. And, and, and it's a beautiful chapter. Uh, but then look at the segue here. Let's keep reading. I'm going to verse. Remember when you read your Bible, the numbers are there for us to help find things, but they weren't in there in the original letter. Right. So, so often when I read like, a, like the end of a chapter, my brain will go, that was the end of a thought. But often that's not the end of the thought. Because if you end, imagine if he wrote Romans and he just ended, chapter seven was the ending. It's like, I'm a miserable person. All right, bye guys, good luck. Like I, that church wouldn't have <laughs> had a lot of hope. But he's addressing a core issue in, in working out this salvation that every human, every human that steps into the kingdom of God, that transitions out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, we all have this internal battle with our flesh. So I'm gonna keep reading verse 25, guys. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Go on to uh, verse eight now, or chapter eight, verse one. If you guys have that, thank you. So now, this is the good part. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Keep going. And because you belong to him, the power of, life -giving, of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Keep going, guys. This is the good stuff. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for, sacrifice for our sins. Last one, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Someone say, follow the spirit. Follow the, spirit. the only way that we can live out this Christian life is to follow the Holy Spirit. The only way that we can step in, what do we do post-conference? How Some of you, you got a prophetic word that God unleashed on you, or, or you're, you, God whispered something to you in the conference. He said, I'm gonna do this thing. And, and the only way you can step into that, because listen, prophetic words are pregnant with permission and power and grace to make things happen, but they do require us being willing to step in and not have a posture of, this is the worst thing you can say when you get a prophetic word. Hope that happens. No, 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 no. I, I understand and I'm not beating you if that used to be my posture, but when a prophetic word is released and the Holy Spirit amens it, you want to actually pivot and say, God, I'm expecting this to happen. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why, where, but I'm expecting this to happen. I'm putting it in my journal. If someone gave me a date, I'm writing down the date. I'm stepping into it, and I'm going to believe it. Post-conference blues. Avoiding going back into old routines, old habits. How do we avoid that? Look, here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get you out of the spirit. He wants to pull you away from looking at what Jesus did, and he wants to get you in this battle with the flesh. Look, he actually isn't even, check this out. He's not even too concerned if you win or lose. 
what's a win for him is the distraction of you coming at your flesh in your own strength and putting on boxing gloves and say, I'm not gonna look at this thing anymore. I'm not gonna do this thing. You know, I'm not gonna get mad when people cut me off on the freeway. And, and we begin to, yeah, amen. Come on, Jesus, help me. Uh, but if he could get you in that battle, then he can get you insecure. He can get you doubting. He can get you fighting your flesh. See, Elijah became, Elijah became fixated, going back to our, our main man here, and we gotta give him grace, guys. Remember, he didn't, the Bible says that the greatest Old Testament prophet, the greatest old, is, 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 is less than the least of those stepping into this new covenant with Jesus. Wow. So he, did, he didn't have the same kind of revelation or access that we had. So I, I give nothing but grace for a mighty man of God. But how, how can the devil now get a New Testament, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christian to slip into that same place, to, to head into that same place? Here's how he does it. He'll get your focus off of Jesus get your focus off of the Holy Spirit living in you and get, try to pull you into a lesser fight. A lot, people that spend all their time fighting the devil, oh, the devil's really coming after me today, pastor, you know. Look, he's a problem and he does show his ugly face, but I'm telling you, the, mo the greatest threat to my destiny, the greatest threat to my stepping into what God has for me, I, I see that guy every day in the morning when I go to brush my teeth. He looks right at me. It's me stepping out of everything Jesus gave me and trying to operate in my own flesh. All right? Now let me, you're like, great, that's super, that's awesome, Pastor Matt, really good, but how do I do that? How do I, what's the, give me something practical, and I'm gonna give you three things that, that actually we see modeled in Elijah's life when he hit this point. The first thing is you've gotta learn how to prepare a meal. So after Elijah prays this prayer, and I'm not, just for time's sake, I'm not gonna throw it up there, but the first thing he does is God comes to him and says, uh, wakes him up and prepares a meal. He says, I need you to eat. And then he goes back to sleep and he, and he wakes him up again. He says, I need you to eat again. As a Christian, one of the most divine things that we have is that the same Holy Spirit that gives Mike Maiden prophetic words the same Holy Spirit that gives Rex Crane, uh, you know, that healing anointing. The same Holy Spirit that, that, that operates in, in church leadership. The same Holy Spirit that I hear from the same, is the same Holy Spirit you can hear from. You can hear from. And make no doubt about it. God wants to, uh, he's all about these awesome corporate worship things. Don't throw those out. But he is equally all about you and him creating a place where you dine together on his word and his reality and his truth. Come on, you hear me, let's go. Let me explain something. In here, the written word is referred to as logos. Logos is reading a word that was written from God. Now it's super important to get the logos in your, in your spirit because there's another word, it's called a rhema word. A rhema word is when the Holy Spirit actually tells you something that is pregnant for the moment, that, is that can be activated for the moment. When, when, when you get a prophecy, you're stepping into a rhema word. You're stepping into something that has potential and power. But the Holy Spirit uses the logos to speak the rhema. 
The more logos you have in your soul, the more scripture you know, the more the Holy Spirit has fuel and ammunition to say, you remember that scripture that you read that by my stripes are healed? Well, now you're getting this doctor report and I'm gonna take a logos word, which was a, rea- which was a truth, and I'm gonna whisper, my spirit's gonna say, now is, this is a rhema word. This is a word for you in season. This is a word for you right now. And, and the more logos in, the more rhema you'll see come out. We've got to develop this self-feeder. You say, how do I keep this, this energy, this, this, this thriving energy that I got at a conference alive? Begin to foster a word life and a prayer life. I'm telling you where, where I dine. So here's the crazy thing about prophetic people. And I love them. I love prophecy. But they kind of sometimes, in my opinion, have the easy job. And you guys start playing. Here's why. You can declare, you know, Pastor Andy, you're going to be a pastor someday and you're going to preach the gospel and he can release that. And then he goes, all right, I'm out. But now Pastor Andy has to be like, okay, what do I do with that? Get amen. Hey, you're going to, Cody, Cody, where's Cody at? Cody, you know, Rex Grant, you're going to have a healing anointing. Bye. What, What do I do with that guy? What do I do? Lay hands on people, but... But you begin to foster a time and a place where the Holy Spirit can tell you daily, hey, Cody, today, I think you should call so-and-so. Hey, hey, today, I, somebody's gonna come on your heart. Or, or you're gonna read Isaiah 61. I've, came, I've come to heal the sick, bring hope to the hopeless. And God will say, today, make that a rhema word. Make that a place. And you'll begin to watch him take a big prophetic declaration and work out the pieces. You see, Elijah forgot until he, in this moment, he saw God do a big miracle, but he forgot that God had a plan for the rest of the thing. Wow. And actually, when, he go, when God finally takes him and takes him into a cave and, say, and does some stuff, he whispers to him, here's the plan. You're gonna go anoint Jehu as king. You're gonna anoint Elijah to be your successor. He gives him a strategy. Listen, the big, bold declarations or prayers that happen at church, there's a Holy Spirit that wants to give you a strategy, an execution. Point number two, I'm gonna go real fast. So it's first, prepare a meal. Second, protect your heart. Protect your heart. Mark 8, 15, Jesus throws out this random teaching. The the disciples get confused by it. But it's profound. He says, as they were crossing a lake, Jesus just turns around on nowhere. He says, watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. Now we've talked, a lot of people talk about, oh, the yeast of the Pharisees. But it's important that he said yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. They're two very different people. They weren't in the same class of citizenry. And the disciples get all freaked out. They think God, Jesus is mad at them because they forgot to bring the leftover bread. And Jesus is like, Gosh, you guys got to figure this out. Look, Pharisees represent religion. Herod represents the world or compromise. Look, devil will work to get you on either side of the fence. He doesn't really care. He likes both areas. If he can't get you to compromise, he'll try to get you into religion or a better word, performance mode. 
You get a prophetic word and now you instantly go into like, okay, okay, I'm gonna need to fast 40 days and I'm gonna need to do this thing and I'm gonna make, I'm, I am not gonna cuss anymore, I promise God, because you couldn't use me if I, if I slip up. You know, we get into a performance thing and that's not what God wants. He didn't save you because of your performance. Exact opposite. He saved you because of your performance. <laughs> because it wasn't working out. And we're all equal in that. We're all equal in that. None of us, like Jesus like, ah, I actually didn't die on the cross for you. Get over here, buddy. You did it without me. No, 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 no. But equally, equally, if he can get you to have a little compromise, and he calls it yeast. You know what's interesting about yeast? It's kind of gross you out if you're a bread lover. Yeast is fungus. And you know what the fungus does? So if you put a little yeast in bread, the longer you leave it in there, the more it grows. That's why with bread, there's a whole timing thing. I'm not gonna get into it. I don't cook bread, but, but I do find it interesting. You know what the yeast attacks? You know what it eats in the bread? Sugar. Look, whether it's compromise or performance, both will rob you of the sweetness of serving Jesus. Both will rob you of the sweetness of having the Holy Spirit in your world. And that's what Paul was addressing in Romans 7. He said, look, you, you, we gotta get out of this whole, this whole performance thing because when we do that, we start measuring ourselves up against the law. And if you're gonna go down that road, you're gonna fail down that road. We can't live in that place. We can't let that yeast grow in our world where, where we, we, because what we'll do is we'll begin, it'll grow in us and we'll begin to get bitter towards people that are, are better in an area and we'll begin to compare ourselves in pride with people that struggle in an area we don't struggle in. It just gets, it grows and it takes all the sweetness. Look, if people don't like to hear how you talk about Jesus, do an inventory check. Is there, is, there, is there a pharisaical, is there a yeast growing in my world? The devil is equally happy with that. As you being at the club every Friday night, you know what I mean? It, it, he, he'll live, he, he's good with both. Don't let compromise either. Let me go on the other side here. Don't let freedom be an excuse to steal all the joy out of being a Christian. Following Jesus and using the Ten Commandments as a place of reference to say, God, where am I missing the mark? Where, where do I not measure up? Not, not in the flesh, but just letting the Holy Spirit say, hey, you need to give this to Jesus again. You know, you, you've drifted, you were doing good, but you've kind of, you've drifted and now you have an idol in your life. Now you have a, you've, you've compromised a little bit here. You, you're drinking a little more than you should. You're, you're, you're looking at stuff that is actually robbing from your relationship. Just, just give that back to me. Meet the Holy Spirit there. Protect your heart. A little bit of yeast left alone can grow into a sugar-sucking monster in your world. The last one is find the whisper. So if you know the story of Elijah, after he gets over his momentary suicidal thoughts and God sends him to a cave in Mount Sinai to meet him, he says, I'm gonna visit you here. And you know what's interesting? I don't fully understand always why God did it, but first he, there's a big earthquake or a big windstorm first. And the Bible says, but God wasn't in the windstorm. Then there's a big earthquake and God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there's a massive fire that passes by and God wasn't in the fire. And then it says, but there was a whisper. And God was in the whisper. 
and he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? How do, how, what, are, what are you doing here? Have you ever noticed that God is really good at asking questions he already knows the answer to? Like he, he, he already knows, but he wants, he'll, the Holy Spirit asks me questions all the time. It's how he's in my quiet place. He speaks to me often in questions. He'll say, he'll ask me a question. I'm like, well, you know the answer. You know, with Elijah say, hey, can these dry bones move? He, he likes to ask questions. Because in, in the whisper, he wants you to interact with him. Can I tell you, if you don't feel the love of God, you might not be speaking the same language. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak self-loathing. See, he sees you as the redeemed child of God that Jesus paid the price for you to be. So when you come to him and, man, I just suck. I suck so much. I'm not a good Christian. I'm not good enough. God, please speak to me. He's like, we're not talking the same language. I can't, I, I don't, I don't, I, we're, we're not on the same radio station because that's not how I'm meeting you. There's another person called the accuser that loves that, that radio station. So self-loathing is not his language. You know what else is in his language is self-promotion or pride. That's why we live in a spirit-filled life where we allow the Holy Spirit. Anybody that tells you the Ten Commandments don't matter to a New Testament Christian, I'm sorry, they're missing an important thing. The law is a good thing. I use them in my prayer. I've fought, developed this prayer life I'm doing, but I, I go through the Ten Commandments and I, I just ask Holy Spirit, show me any area where I'm out of alignment because I haven't killed anybody, thank you, Jesus. I've thought about it, but I haven't yet. But, but the, Jesus said that if I hate somebody in my heart, I've already committed murder in my heart. And so I use that and I say, God, and, and he'll show me people that I'm not too happy with at the moment. And I'll let him clean, uh, just take that, take that. That's a spirit-filled life. I'm not sitting there, then he shows me something and then immediately I go into, man, I suck. Because then when I get to that place, I can't hear the Holy Spirit. So one of the greatest revelations you can have is learning to speak the language of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice when people prophesy over people, Usually the first thing that comes out of the person prophesying is thank you, Jesus, for this person. Thank you so much for who they are. Why? Because we're getting in tune with this, this, the Holy Spirit, the language of heaven. Look, the cross is important. Conviction sounds like this. Look where you are right now. That's not you. That's conviction. There's a, there will be a that's not you attached to it or you, you were made for better, you were made for greater. Condemnation sounds like, look where you are, that's who you are. So God says to him, what are you doing here? To Elijah. But then he gives him, a, he says, no, 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 here's where you're gonna go, here's what you're gonna do. Stand to our feet. As we get ready to go into our Holy Spirit series, I believe we're gonna see some really cool manifestations and, and representations of him. But I felt the Holy Spirit almost convict me into giving this message as a post-conference blueprint. The church, I, I just believe that there's no person that's disqualified from seeing the simplicity of do you prepare a meal with you and God daily? Wow. 
You want all those prophetic words that have been released over you. You wanna keep your breakthrough. Maybe you had a breakthrough in the last, maybe you've, you've broken the back of depression or anxiety or you've broken an addiction or you've broken something off of you and the devil is trying to get you intimidated. Oh, well, I don't know if you'll stay here. You wanna know where you stay or you learn, begin to learn how to prepare a table. Prepare a table where you and him meet and you, and you wrap these things out. Protecting your heart. Some people in here, you had a radical encounter with God, but now the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I know I want you to give me this compromise. I want you to give me this area that you're still holding on to. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a little bit of an idol. And it's, it's actually, it's stealing. It's stealing from you. It's stealing the sweetness of my presence from you. Or maybe you just got to release judgment, a little bit of, 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 a, of a pride issue where you can't be wounded in a certain area or you can't be in process and growing in an area and you have to have it all together all the time. And you have no one in your world knowing your internal struggles because there's just a pride. Let, let, let that protect your heart. God is the rewarder. God will make your destiny happen. God will open doors for you. God will give you the promotion. God will open the ministry. God will do all those things. If there's one thing I've learned in my Christian walk is God will do the things if I'll partner with the Holy Spirit on the heart. It's the heart. And then finally, find the whisper. I felt specifically to pray over and break uh, a spirit of self-loathing. Some people in here, I heard the Holy Spirit actually say this uh, to me when I was talking to a person and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit just showed me if anyone else talked about you the way you talk about you, he'd punch him in the face. And honestly, it, it's so easy to do and I don't judge at all because I can be so hypercritical of myself. I can see a room of 100 people and 99 get saved and I'll walk away and be like, one person didn't, you know, I, I can just, I can go there so easy and I wanna release you from that. You haven't been hearing the voice of God because you're not speaking the same language. You think he's gonna meet you at your self-loathing, but it's not where he's gonna meet you. He's gonna meet you at you. And how do you break it? Well, pastor, how do I break that? I was raised in a critical home. I wanna be a good person. I'm afraid that if I'm not critical of myself, I won't be able to, I'll just go off the rocker. How do I break that? How do I break that? Look at Jesus. You know who the Holy Spirit loves? If you can't hear him for you, you know who he loves to talk about? Jesus. He's super, that's like his favorite conversation. And if you keep looking at Jesus long enough and who he is and how special he is and how beautiful he is and how much love he had for people and what the cross was and the resurrection, if you keep looking at it long enough, eventually it'll click, wait a minute did that for me he chose me he loves me and you can begin to release so just everyone's head bowed eyes closed I'm not going to have you come up but if you have been walking in in a in a place of self-loathing just just you're too hard on yourself you're too critical on yourself I want to pray for you real quick and I'm not going to have you get out of your seat but if that's you with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed we just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for this is you saying to God include me in this prayer thank you lots of hands lots of hands lots of hands 
right now I'm telling you where you are, it's not the heat. You're gonna feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna feel the love of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit right now, you see those hands raised, touch them. Let them see themselves the way you see them, Lord. I break the yoke of self-criticism, of perfection and performance. I break it right now. Begin to just walk with the Holy Spirit daily. And even that, don't let that be a performance thing. Let that just be a place of solitude, of restoration, of healing. God, we break criticalness right now. Grace, grace, and more grace. Grace, grace, and more grace. My grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those of you that are raising your hand right now, you're gonna begin to be able to hear the Holy Spirit in your quiet times again. You're gonna be reading your Bibles. For therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have to approach the Holy Spirit from that place, from that mindset, no more condemnation. Right now, I just wanna remind you that as far as the east is from the west, God remembers your failures, your sins no more. So God, a spirit of performance, we just break it off of people. You are already loved as much as you can be loved. And the more that you, that, that you experience that love, the more you're gonna see shape-shifting, transformation, change in your world. Thank you, God. I feel like there's someone in the room who uh, you've been experiencing intense headaches. And it's been a long time, like you struggle with headaches on the regular. It's not a one-off thing. It's not you just got a headache. You are attacked with headaches regularly. And I feel like God wants to heal that today. Who's that person? I wanna pray for you real quick. Thank you, I see your hand. Come on, come on up here, I'm gonna lay a hand on you, okay? Is that all right? I wanna pray for you. Don't worry, it's, a, it's all good, but Holy Spirit loves you. And it, he's, come here, yeah, you're awesome. Come on, let's give her a hand. Hi, what's your name? Do you have the headaches? You get them? Okay. I have one right now. You have one right now? Okay. Let's see what happens here, okay? There's a guy behind you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn anything. I just want you to stand like this and just, just close your eyes and let him do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I speak to these headaches right now. That he, paid on the, that he paid on the cross. By his stripes, she's healed. God, I just speak now that you would heal her. That you would remove that headache, and these headaches would never come back again. In Jesus' name. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to feel him uh, touch you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, 
Yeah, it's a good warm. Not that fat. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. Do more. Do more. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's just touching you right now. I see him almost pulling, like, like stretching the skull in a sense like taking pressure out thank you Jesus do you look at screens all day at work no okay for school okay they sometimes come when you're looking at screens all the time God right now we declare the healing of God Headaches go away in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Still feel that warmth? Is the headache, is, there, is it starting to come off a little bit? Okay, I want to hear the praise report. So on, and and you, don't, you don't have to make me feel better, but, but as like you come back to church, I want to hear, I believe that you're not going to have any more headaches for the rest of the week, and we're just going to champion that and celebrate that. But God wanted to call you out because he doesn't want you to torment those anymore. Come on, let's give it up for him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, man, thank you, God. All right, come here. Let's, let's just, uh, I know it's warm. Thank you, Jesus. Charity, real quick, I want to pray for you. You're such a blessing to our church. And, uh, you know, I was really confused because I kept hearing from, like, the high team and different teams, like, oh, Charity has been serving and helping so much. And then I even thought you were the fuel team. And I, I'm like, how could she do all those things? That, but even then, just the two teams you served on, just wanted to let you know your heart for the house doesn't get seen. But I actually feel like God is going to begin to unfold for you. Um, the scripture is those who sow in tears will reap in a harvest. And your, your serving and your love didn't come without some pain this last year. There were plenty of times you showed up and you were hurting and grieving. And it was a, it was a rightful time to grieve. That's not prophetic. I know that, right? But I just see God saying every tear that you have, have cried, he's, hold, he's held those. And he's about to just do an amazing season of the desires and the dreams of your heart beginning to unfold right in front of your eyes. I see creativity in you that, that God is gonna begin to unlock is going to highlight creativity and it's going to be in an unusual way it's not going to be uh it, you'll you'll be using your creative mind but it won't be quite in the expression you thought it was going to be and i just feel like he's going to just begin to unlock for you you're going to find yourself spending the majority of your day doing what you love to do versus the majority of your day just kind of you know doing what you have to do so god we just declare goodness of God over Charity Swanson, the goodness of God over her life. God, it, like we will all laugh 
It won't just be her laughing. We will all laugh at how good you have been to her in this last, in this next year coming up. God, honor those who, that your word holds true, those who sow in tears. Reap with joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All right. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.